everybody. Welcome back. Fresh Takes, Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo, back after another week-long hiatus. Across from me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Nick Felice. Nick, how you doing? Good seeing you. Cleanly shaven today. Yeah, yeah, just shaved last night. Uh, yeah, good to see you, Paul. Um, another episode. Uh, finally get to talk some NHL playoffs today. I know you're looking forward for that. And, um, I think we got a good show. I think it's the first time we've had a guest on in a long time. What do you say, about a year? It feels give, like it. Give or take, give or take. But, yeah, we have, um, as I pull up the note card here and pan over to him, Nate Sharman joining us. Finger Lakes One producer, broadcaster, podcaster, extraordinaire. Oh, a lot of titles. Yeah, that is I mean, a lot of titles. Wow. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, boys. Um, Glad you asked me to be on today. Yeah. Looking forward to talking some sports. It was quite the weekend. Yeah, it a lot was. Of sports going on. It was. Um, yeah, yeah. As you called it, uh, at least with Sunday on Mother's Day, it was a packed day of of not not the true sports equinox, but right. I mean, April. <laughs> I mean, April into May now is it's just such a fantastic time yeah. for sports. Uh, so much going on and so much uh, high pressure opportunities too for these players. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we're going to do what NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, big I mean, upset there. I I thought the Pirates upsetting the Dodgers last night was the biggest upset <laughs> of the last couple of days, but no, that Derby. We'll talk about that. That was huge upset there. Yeah, so let's um let's jump in with the NBA playoffs because I feel like that's where um we could really really dive into some stuff here off the bat. So conference semifinal round. Um, it's been, I wouldn't say, like, outright chippy, but, like, there's been, like, really weird, like, physicality storylines in each one of these series to a degree. I feel like the only one in, in a weird way was, um, is, well, really is the, the Celtics-Bucks series. And even then, we had Al Horford, who chose violence last night. Um, so, we'll obviously touch on that, but Embiid's back for the Sixers. That, that's causing Miami some fits. Um, the Grizzlies Warriors was not a series I anticipated really being great defensively or being a truly physical series, but it has been obviously. And then, uh, the Mavs Suns has just been chaotic for reasons off the court at this point now. So it was not a good birthday week no. for CP3. No, it was not. So we'll jump, I guess, right in with, um, with the heat and the Sixers, I suppose, um, Look, as a Heat fan, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily full-fledged panic button hitting, but it is slightly worrisome. I, I still think the Heat get it done. But, um, yeah, I mean, Embiid's just a freak, even even with him only being probably at 75%, really. And what do um, they say always is the series doesn't start until a team wins at home. Or right. team wins on the road, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, if you have a four-game series so far, and each team has won their home games, and now it's a three-game series. So it's... It's going to be really interesting to see. I would expect the Heat would kind of bounce back. Uh, Spol- I just think sp- by, behind the helm of Spolstra, that just helps so much. There's so much experience on that team. So I would expect the Heat to win tonight over the uh, Sixers. I like that answer from Nate. First time I've had anybody on my Spolstra side in years. <laughs> He's a great coach. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, you, you mentioned good points. I, well, the part that worries me is I Bam has been – Pretty pretty tuned down with Embiid back, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously the three point shooting's been been 
rough for the Heat. Um, I know Nick's Nick's favorite players of all time, like Danny Green, for instance, and James Harden. You know, those are not. <laughs> Where did you get that fact? <laughs> I mean, as you would say, your my sources have told me. I gotta ask so, you though, Paul. Yeah, yeah. As a team that's been looked, you know, under the radar all season long, your Heat, and are back. You know, they were finally starting to get some recognition. Now they're back under the radar. How do you feel? Everyone's picking the Sixers. It seems yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, but that's. It's the sexy pick at this point, right? Who's, I mean, who's favorite, favorite to win the series? I mean, the Heat were. I was three-point favorites tonight. Yeah, so. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, the Sixers are the sexy pick because they got Harden and Embiid, right? I mean, they got the Doc Rivers storyline at this point. Um, I mean, the Heat, he had been under the radar all year. I don't even think that they were probably – even above the radar, quote-unquote, even during the Nets series. I mean, I think everybody's highlights for the Nets series was just the fact that we could, you know, or not against the Nets, but um, the, Hawks. the Hawks. So, so much I recognize Trey Young, I guess, in these scenarios. But um, I mean, the Nets were what? They were the fourth or fifth yeah, I mean, option, and they I, were in the play-in. No right, sense. right. The odds were kind of wonky this, yeah. this uh, postseason in the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, but. I mean, I don't know. I mean, even against like the Hawks, I mean, the story was not about the Heat, but Trey Young doing bad and everything like that. Right, just because of his insur- his uh, right. kind of resurgence last year it was right. unbelievable against the Knicks. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think the interesting part for the Heat at this point becomes, you know, where does Duncan Robinson fit back in? Because, I mean, I love Struess, and he's way better defensively than Duncan, and I I like the fact that he keeps shooting as opposed to Duncan when he's off. He doesn't, but. Something's got to switch up here. I, I don't know what. But, I mean, I still think they win the series. I'm not panicking yet. If if they come out and really just struggle tonight, then, yeah. Then if they lose tonight, are you nervous they're not coming back home? It, it depends how they look. If they look good, then I won't worry per se. You know, but if they come out and just look bad and get smoked, that's where, you know. They're due for a Jimmy Butler takeover game, though. That's been a little. I mean, while he had, since that he's happened. been having takeover games, though. Yeah, I mean, he had it. He had another near forty-point game yesterday, two days ago. Right. I mean, somebody other than Jimmy's got to do it. I mean, Jimmy's proven that when you need him to, that's that that is who you can have him be. But that's not where he's good, or that's not where the team is good. Rather, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I I I don't. <laughs> Kyle Lowry's looking doubtful at best the way it sounds for tonight, which is weird. I kind of like I, I kind of would prefer to kind of see how they do without Lowry out there at this point. I don't know if it spacing it makes it a more interesting game. Having Gabe Vincent adds a little extra layer of athleticism in a way, just because of, you know, he's a little bit more lanky. Um can probably guard a couple different spots as opposed to Lowry who can really only give you one. So what are your thoughts we'll on Old Depot? I like Depot in the role right now, kind of off the bench. Depot might be in a spot to actually start tonight in all honesty. But I know him and Jimmy, um the part that kills me is they don't have beef. They just they they aren't good on the court together. Like they just don't space well together. So um He's good. I mean, he's he's put the team on his back a couple different times this postseason when when we needed him to. 
so proven that he's that good of a player. He really is. Um, all right, let's shift gears. Let's keep it east for, for a couple minutes here because this series has been absolutely crazy. Um, who in 2022 thought we'd have an Al Horford game again? <laughs> uh, but that happened last night. I know, Nate, you were you were buzzing about that this morning a little bit pretty good. Uh, yeah, but, I, I but all but all but all kind of started after Giannis kind of dunks on Al Horford and Al Horford kind of has this looks like okay, all right, you know, let let's see what we can do here. I think his wife tweeted about, oh, I've seen that face before. It's never a good thing. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you're buzzing pretty good about the Al Horford game last night. Yeah, the night. Al Horford thing is crazy to me. I mean, he goes to Philadelphia, gets paid all that money, and he struggles quite frankly. Yeah. Then he comes back to Boston, and he loves playing in Boston. You could just tell. Maybe I don't know if the spacing wasn't great with Embiid or not, but. He just fits in so well with that team, and that team is so much fun to watch, and that's such a great series so far. And I, I watched the end of it after we got home from the game last night, so it, it they're fantastic to watch both on both sides. I've told you this, Paul. I'll tell you, Nate. I'm not going to believe someone's going to take over the Bucks until it happens. So as of right now, I still think the Bucks are going to win this series. But the Celtics, you know, obviously as a Knicks fan, I hate the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> Bing bong. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, I mean, they're proving me wrong. I mean, I'm not surprised by the Nets series. I've said that before. I think the Nets, they, they have a couple stars, but they have no one to build around them. So it's not surprising. I mean, it is a little surprising that they swept them, but I'll say that not surprising that the Celtics won that series. But, you know, they're giving the Bucks a run for their money. They, they needed to win last night. They got it. And I don't know. If the Celtics win game five, I think they can win this series in six. I really do. I think it's a must win for the Bucs in the next game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I, I do see this series as kind of being like a toss-up in a sense, still, to, to a degree. Um, <sighs> I, I'll, I'll say this. As a Heat fan, I'd rather face the Bucks than the Celtics. Right now, really, Celtics frighten me space wise. Yeah, but if they let Giannis um, play bully ball. It's it's almost it's almost over. Like they let him last year in the playoffs. Well, they let him this year a lot too. But well, it's kind of Jordan Rules esque in a way mm-hmm. in that sense, right? Do you want to? Where it's the two the two parter. Would you rather have this Giannis kind of go off and do his own thing while you shut down the other four on the floor? No, Middleton is time? huge for that Bucks team. Yeah, with Middleton, right. I think that because oh, well, it's a different it's a different it's a different story, yeah. right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that that if Middleton's out there, different story, end of discussion. But the fact of the matter is, he's not, um, and you know, look, I'm probably the biggest Drew Drew Holiday fan this this side of like the Ohio River but uh <laughs> nice geographic joke but um look I mean he can't he can't guard the same people Middleton does he can't he can't do the same thing Middleton does just because he's much, so much smaller right so it, it's tough and I at the same token I mean we've we've seen Grayson Allen cannot stop up and do the things Middleton does I mean, Grayson Allen is about the worst defender right now in the playoffs, getting valuable minutes, the way it seems. Uh, if you're, and this is not because I love Jalen Brown, but if you're getting dropped to your freaking butt by Jalen Brown, like what are you doing? <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm 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 with. I understand where you're coming from, Nick, on the Celtics. I do, uh, because let, let's face it, this is pretty much the same team we've seen out of them 
what the past really five years, right? I mean, that's how long Brown and and, and Tatum have been together now. And Smart's been there so, too, right? And I mean, other than that, obviously, you know, you mentioned Horford, right? More or less being interchanged out. Tice has been brought back. Um, you know, your role players, your your Williams, your Williamses, <laughs> uh, your Whites. I mean, they sure some are new and some are old, but they all are kind of the same hodgepodge of guys that you've kind of had come in and out. Yeah, so Brad Stevens moved from the bench up to the up right. to the office. It's right. a very similar team. You're right, Paul. So so I, I do understand that logic though in the back of your mind with that, how that would kind of play a factor. They do play defense though, that's for right. sure. All right. Best de- I would say best defensive team remaining. Ooh. 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 That to a heat fan. I oh know. no. <laughs> I don't know. We'll circle back to that potentially. <laughs> let's head out west. Um let's start with, with the Grizzlies and Warriors, because that series is just – it's kind of baffling to me. Um, I kind of said from the jump, but it's weird because I think – i personally, I thought this was just going to be the one series of all of them where you can kind of throw the, the defensials up and playoffs mantra out the window. Um, but it, it's funny. I think the perfect encapsulation of what the series has been so far is I, I'm kind of like semi-paying attention to the game last night. I have it on the TV. But I didn't really. I'm not really paying attention until I look up, and midway through the third quarter, it was 58-52, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, they're starting the third quarter." And then I look at the time, like, "Oh, there's 5:30 remaining in the third. Like, what the hell is this?" Um, but that that being said, right, I the series has been hijacked by. I'm not going to call it hijinks, by by both teams. I think both teams are kind of doing squirrely things to that end. But you have, you know, the, the John Morant versus Jordan Poole, and then, you know, pretty much take your pick of Grizzlies guys, whether it's been Anderson going at Poole or, or whoever, where it's, you know, the, and I don't know if he grabbed Josny intentionally. I, it it kind of looked that way initially. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But the same token, I feel like you have to have some sort of really great I don't know, cerebral vision to, to just kind of grab at a guy's knee while you're falling down as well. So I don't know. <laughs> like, But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird how this storyline's kind of hijacked what's been a pretty good and interesting series uh, out west because obviously the Warriors still really good, but this Grizzlies team, I don't want to call them the next team up yet only because I could see them doing what the Hawks kind of did this year and just regressing so bad that we're all calling for Jurgens to get fired next year, or Jenkins, whatever the hell his name is. So, um, yeah, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that series is. It, to me, to me, it's been the most interesting one out of the bunch, though, just because it's you have so many things going in and out. And then, obviously, I forget to mention just Draymond being 2016 Draymond at this point, like in a weird way, playing good and also back to his – I guess more or less media antics. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm actually kind of surprised they lost without John Morant on the court. weren't they like twenty and two? <laughs> yeah, yeah, twenty one and two. I think they covered. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not surprising. I mean, Golden State, you know, they, they they're on a mission this year because they haven't made the playoffs in a few years, which. Mm-hmm. I wish the Knicks could say that, but <laughs> but it's you know it's only been a year now for the Knicks, but 
yeah, so they're on a mission this year to get back to, you know, not just the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals. So, and then the Grizzlies, you know, this is their first playoff run together. I mean, they got some guys on the team that have made, that been in the playoffs before, but, you know, this is the first time with John Morant running that team. So, not surprising that it's 3-1. Uh, obviously, I don't care about that record at all. It's, without John Morant, they're just not, I don't think they're a better team. So, so it's, it's a tough, tough one that they couldn't have last night. So mm-hmm. I think this one could be over in five. I think it could be done tomorrow if they – I think they play tomorrow. So yeah, that's really all. You I are – oh, uh, I know. Well, wait, hold on. I misread it. Yeah, you're right. Tomorrow at 9.30. Yeah, there's, is Ja going to play? I think that's remained to be seen. Yeah, I think so. It was really interesting to see – because he, tw- he sent out a tweet about Jordan Poole, right? Mm-hmm. And then he quickly, not, I don't know about quickly, but deleted it after he was alerted that he kind of did a similar thing to Clay Thompson in that game. Right. Kind of flew into Clay and, and banged knees. So it's, it's interesting to see Ja have to kind of retrace his steps on Twitter after going after Jordan Poole. Right. And they seem, I don't know if they're cool with each other, but they at least appear to have. Yeah, they're competitors. They at least have, yeah, have appeared to kind of cool, cool it for the time being. Fairly quickly. I mean, I don't, I don't know. All right, last thing on the NBA playoffs, I guess, is obviously the Suns-Mavs. Um, again, a series that's kind of been hijacked in the past couple of days with, in this case, off-the-court antics. Uh, that being said, um, been a tight, you know, tightly contested series. Uh, they go Game 5 tonight, obviously, in the Game 5 spectaculars across multiple sports, if we're calling it. Um Back home in Phoenix for the Suns. Um, obviously, uh, credit to newsbreaker Devin Booker for breaking the Monty Williams news. But um, this was a Suns team that um, I think a lot of people kind of pegged as being that best team out west, um, justifiably uh, at this point. Uh, but this has been a pretty pesky Mavs team for them for, for really all year, um, especially once Luca got into basketball shape roughly around the All-Star break. Um, damn, that would, Nick's the only one. I'm disappointed in you, Nate. Nick got it. I'm proud. <laughs> but uh, Looking for a big laugh. I wasn't anticipating a big laugh. I anticipated a smirk. But either way, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty much, to me, it's like a battle of the next – Next generation guards, in a way, kind of uh, the old, the overseas versus the, you know, obviously American style, right? Booker, obviously, America, Luca from Eastern Europe. But um, it's again become a, another story of something that's not, I guess, a really an important part of the series where we have fans pretty much, I'm going to call it going at family members and it's become actually an important topic here i've i've uh (laughs) i've said on this podcast i've said on other podcasts that i'm i'm kind of for you know players kind of going back at fans should should something happen and um i don't i don't think these uh maverick fans is the team released in that pr statement yesterday were going for hugs with chris paul's family out in the concourse it's dallas um, well well, yeah, <laughs> uh, but we expect that more from Cowboys fans than they are Cowboys so, fans. <laughs> that's true. That's that's true too. So, um, but this has been a fun, like I said, this is a fun series. 
if anything, to me, this one does have seven written all over it. I, I don't know, how, you know, if it actually gets there. I mean, these are two teams that um, tend to ride the hot streaks more than anything else. Um, the Suns team, when, when they're off shooting-wise, they struggle. Uh, that being said, Dallas Borderlines needs just the shooting to be there for them to have a shot. So, Suns are going to be picking and rolling a lot tonight, especially we going at Luka. They've done that a lot this series and been really successful right. uh, by going right at Luka. Um, I'm not sure if it's that off the top of my head, but that Suns team is an incredibly good pick and roll team, and they target Luka a lot. Mm -hmm. This series, I just don't get it. You know, the Mavericks, I just, I don't understand how it's 2-2. Uh, they got a bunch of ex-Knicks out there. Block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they play they play hard. I guess I got to give Jason Kidd some credit. Um, but, I mean, the Suns, they didn't lose like 20 games all year. They were in the, the teens and losses. And, uh, yeah, 2-2. Two -two. You know, they also trade away former Knicks all year. Yeah, I mean, they got – yeah, they also got rid of KP. You know, they got Reggie Bullock. Dinwiddie's awesome. Oh, I love Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, uh, yeah. He could. He should have been on that Brooklyn team this year. True. Yeah. And uh, they should have had Karis LeVert. They should have had Jared Allen. If they had those type of players, Brooklyn might have won a championship this year. But they're not going to win with Bruce Brown. <laughs> <laughs> or Bruce Brown. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't get this series. You know, I, I don't understand how the Mavericks keep winning. Uh, I get that they beat Utah. Utah. I mean, I'm excited that Donovan Mitchell might be coming to New York, but he's just not. He's just a, he's a star at best. He's never going to be a superstar. And, uh, and then yeah, it's just I got that they won that series, but this series two two now. I don't know. I'm not betting this series. I am staying away. Probably a smart <laughs> move. Probably a smart move. Did I hear right now? Not a superstar. Yeah, you could write that down. You could Ernie Johnson this and write that down. Get, no, no, that'd be more of a Charles Barkley guarantee. Yeah, but you're Ernie, so you got to write it down. Oh, oh, my bad. Ernie. Rings Ernie. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Stanley Cups playoffs as they're hitting uh, what I always call the fever pitch for them because, I mean, in the first round of hockey, obviously you still have everybody out there. Um, well, not, not quite everybody out there. We do have to give credit. There is one team already eliminated, one team with um, what I call always in – I always call the NHL the hardest sport to have a true sweep in, and the Avs have done it to the Preds, surprisingly. Um, I figured the Preds would, would, would be able to, to at least pip a couple out, but apparently not. Um, a lot of two-twos. Yeah. Um, Something that Nate was very excited about for tonight, <laughs> anyway. Four game fives in 2-2 in yeah. series tonight. Yeah. Unbelievable slate for yeah. the NHL tonight. So, Nate, toss over you first. What's, uh, what's been some of your favorite stuff so far with the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because, uh, you know, for me, being a Lightning fan, um, I'm not anticipating them going far. They've pretty much have played two straight years of hockey with no breaks. Um and but they're they're hanging tough with Toronto, obviously. But um, it, it it to me the playoffs have just been pretty crazy so far. I, the scores have been wacky. The 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 storylines have been have been pretty hectic. I mean, just as an example, um, we have people kind of starting with Brad Marchand all of a sudden. Yep. Um. So <laughs> I, it, it's been like I said. I mean, this is but this is playoff hockey. This is what you want out of playoff hockey, right? And I'm going to continue rooting for your Leafs this. Uh, this playoff series, just for the sole fact of being a Sabres fan, 
oh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a rough 10, I haven't been in the playoffs in 11 years, but still I'm going to hold on to the stat that the Buffalo Sabres have won a playoff series more recently than the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a stat that's pretty unbelievable, but it's, it's true. Uh -huh. So I'll continue to root for the Lightning. But one of the things I really thought was interesting is in the, on the Rangers side, you have a goaltender in Igor Shosturkin who's been like the, who's the runaway Vesna winner. He's most definitely going to win that tournament, or win that award, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And he's going to, he got pulled. He got pulled yesterday. He got pulled in the, pre in the previous game. So it's going to be really interesting to see, especially on the other side of the net in that game, your uh, former Lightning goaltender, Louis Domingue. So oh, it's my guy, so Louis, many storylines. Chris, we call him in, in Tampa Louis Domingue. <laughs> yeah, he, he played well last night. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that um, ultimately I, I wish the Lightning hung on to. Um, obviously, our backup goalie situation's been, um, so I call it boats passing by in the night. You got a workhorse back there in, in Bassey, though. So it's well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, at the same at the same token, we've had Elliot. I mean, now he's coming back for next year, but. He he got better towards the end of the season, but he he did not look good by any means uh, when we had to have him out there. And then obviously the past couple of years, it's been your your hodgepodges of guys from whether it's uh, McElhaney to um, pretty much your guys getting pulled up from Syracuse. So um, either way, yeah, Nick, uh, your your Rangers a, a rough one for sure at minimum last night. Um, to, to the point that um, you had all of PPG Paints Arena chanting that they wanted Igor to, to, to stay out there. I remember when he used to be called the Igloo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Unbelievable season, though, for him. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be amazing for that Rangers team. It's, it's the first time he'd really been in, in that position, so um, they'll be able to shake that off. But their back's against the wall with 3-1, so it's going to be interesting to see. And looks like it could be Penguins Capitals again. Obviously, Florida got a win last night, but... Uh, we've seen that series so many times in the last few years, so right. it's interesting to see all around. We could we could do a whole podcast on just the NHL playoffs for tonight because there's just so many storylines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they got a uphill climb here, but uh, you know, it out of the uh, the Eastern Conference is so tough. So out of the seven other teams, I probably would have picked Pittsburgh at the start of this playoffs. So. You know, and especially with the goaltender, goaltender out for the series. But, you know, that third string goalie's come in. He's done a good job. Uh, I, I mean, we still got – I don't know how home ice really matters, but we got two games at home ice in these next three games to, if we have to win them – well, we have to win them all to win the series. But So I think you just got to take it one game at a time, you know, win this game five tomorrow. Uh, and then game six in Pittsburgh, it was ugly first trip there. But if we get the ch get the chance to go back, win that, and game seven, you never know what can happen there. So, uh, you know, not feeling confident, but uh, we'll we'll see. You know, uh, well, any anything at this point for the Rangers, I'd say is pretty much icing on the cake already than what they've had all. I mean, they weren't so. supposed to win this year. I mean, they got a lot of guys who are just getting their first crack at the playoffs. So. You know, I like the way Lafreniere's been playing. I think he's going to be a star. Um, yeah, and Igor's fine. I think it's just a, a lot. A lot of it was deflections too. A lot of those goals that he gave up in that second period. So, you know, that happens. So, hopefully, he learns from it. And I like to see him get a shot back in Pittsburgh and see if he can redeem himself. And then, out west, obviously mentioned the Abs just pretty much rolled. 
Nashville, the Avs. Uh, well, actually, but I, I shouldn't have made the jump quickly because they brought up a good series there that I kind of forgot about because, um, well, they're two of my least favorite teams on the face of the earth. Uh, really? Panthers and, and Caps. What do you oh. have against the Panthers? Oh, I mean, they, they act as if the Lightning are the dirtiest team on Florida the planet. Florida ain't big enough for, for the two of you. I mean, <laughs> it's Champa Bay, not Champa, Fort Lauderdale, or wherever the hell the Panthers Sunrise. Play. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I know. They're right but, in Miami. Uh, you think you They are right them? in Miami. It's close. It's like saying Seneca Falls is downtown Rochester. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, is it a little bit? I mean, now it's tied 2-2, but but I, I was convinced for most of the night last night that it was going to be Capitals 3-1 heading into today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could really just rally behind the President's Cup curse um, coming back and rearing its head against – against this team, but... Um, Former Sabres Samson Reinhardt with a yeah. goal at the end of that third period. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Panthers have been at least the most high-flying offense all year. By far, yeah. Um, it's been really the, the story of their goaltending once again. Bob has not looked great back there by any means yeah. for the most part. Uh, Knight has taken, I wouldn't say a step back, but certainly sophomore blues type, you know, season. Um, other than that, their defense has been – their defense has, has has been average, and that's all I guess you kind of need to a point when you have an offense like Florida's. So, I don't know. And then the Caps, I mean, I do, that's the team I, I love more than any other one on the face of the earth for the most part. But, um, I mean – Tom Wilson's a freaking chooch, and you know, Ovechkin's Ovechkin. Though I think I think he catches grass. I know that's a to- Ovech- topic for another Ovechkin's podcast on another day, but he's a commie, you know, whatever. So <laughs> him and a freaking Kuznetsov, and <laughs> anyway, we're not gonna get you going. Yeah, um, yeah. It it would be quite the interesting second round matchup there: Pittsburgh versus the Capitals. Coming back around conference semis, um, really, really, it would be probably to me. Obviously, we are talking probably. Well, maybe not quite ten days down the line, but certainly seven days at, at least. That would probably be the last, at least, series matchup of kind of the Crosby Ovechkin era. Um, Neither, obviously, are getting younger. Um, I think, obviously, not to bring politics into this, it's been an interesting, obviously, post-All-Star break for Ovechkin with how Russia's kind of going about things in the world. Um, And he's already kind of kicked around ideas at a certain point of possibly going back and playing in the KHL and stuff like that. Um, And at the same token... um, Crosby got probably more dinged up than he had hoped this year at certain points. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. I know he had, was it two different bouts with COVID, one with contact and one where he was actually positive, something like that. So, um, but look, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, these are two guys who have been in the league now for 16, well, no, 17 years, right? If my math is right. Yeah, seventeen years. So, like that. Um, I mean, eventually, just it, it just takes a toll on your body. I mean, Ovechkin is pretty much 
Silver Fox at this point. Right. I mean, quite literally, just looking warm up without the helmet on. And, you know, Crosby certainly has slowed down. <laughs> he, you know, it, it, it's going to be weird. We, we, we are about to have, in my mind, the true changing of the, the guard, quote unquote, from this era of hockey to um, what I'll call the new era out, out west with, say, like, you know, you look at what <coughs> the Oilers have with, with Dreisaitl and, and McDavid to, you know, <laughs> I think we can say what you want to say about them. You know, I kind of like watching the Flames play. They're, they're what I call quicker old school in a sense, the way they physically play. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, the, they're playmakers on that team that are just as skilled as pretty much any anyone else in the NHL. Um to, you know, I, I think it kind of remains to be seen. I mean, I know they missed the playoffs, but, you know, you do have to you do have to, to wonder how the Vegas experiment with, with Eichel and, and kind of the other guys out there that they've had with March or so kind of goes out there and, and stuff like that. So It's interesting um, with Vegas. It's, it's really yeah. a really funny thing with, you know, me being a Jack Eichel expert the last few years in Buffalo. But <laughs> really? they, you know, they, they think they didn't make it over – teams like the Stars or the Kings is really interesting to yeah. see, and that's even very more timely with the draft lottery tonight, Paul, seeing where they're going to end up picking because Buffalo should own their pick if sure. it lands outside the top ten tonight. And, you know, I, I forgot. I mean, obviously, they're, they didn't have a great year, and I didn't anticipate them to because I think teams learned from what I call the Vegas mistake, allowing them to just get so many great guys. But to that end, I mean, the Kraken came on pretty good towards the end of the year. I mean, they got a really good young core. Not that I would know because I still love and miss Yanni Gord. But, um, you know, they, they, they got asked. You have, it's going to be a fun, interesting couple years, especially to me out west, uh, where, you know, really you get outside of, of Tampa Bay. You get outside of Florida. And I, I guess still to a degree like the Bruins, but once you know, once these guys that have been the mainstay power power names of the NHL kind of go away here in a few years, I mean you have most of your at least star power out west for the time being. Yeah, you still have the Hurricanes. I think the Hurricanes will be there for a long time. Ah, it was awesome. Yeah, Rob yeah, I a fantastic coach. <laughs> to me, their issue becomes. I wouldn't say cap money, but um, they're they're going to need some upgrades at goaltending eventually. Um, yeah, Brendan Moore is just—he's a fantastic coach. I think, um, in all honesty, I think he's in the wrong role as coach. Borderline. I really love would kind of see him in a GM kind of role. I think he's really good in the locker room, though. Yeah. No, no, I know. I, I know he's really great there. There was a piece I read back from, like, I want to say December or something like that, where, where you know, he didn't want to coach, period, in general. I think he, he kind of helped out because he played with the Hurricanes uh, at the end of his career, more or less. Um, won the cup? Won, no, made an appearance, I think. Or made an appearance. Yeah. And um, – yeah, I mean, he he was just coaching his, I believe it was his daughter's team, and because I forget the name of the GM at the time with the Hurricanes, um, they needed help just coaching the AHL team in Charlotte for, for a year, more or less, because they fired the guy and they just needed somebody to go in. 
And he goes, I'll, I'll do it for the year, but that's like it. Like, I don't really want to be out on the road or anything like that. And lo and behold, here we are. I think it's technically five years on or something like that. So, um, obviously not all of Carolina. I think this is what his third full season with them or something like that as the head oh, coach. Right, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the culture, the culture in, in, in Raleigh's crazy. I, I think it, it's, it, it, it helps these Southern teams, and this is a completely different tangent, but, you know, your Carolinas, uh, your your Tampa Bays, your Floridas, um, which really intrigues me to kind of see. I mean, even Nashville, obviously Nashville's kind of, get, kind of gets forgotten about in a sense in this, but because of the transplants now from the Northeast being just sprinkled everywhere down there, um, you know, you aren't so much getting that first generation necessarily fans who move down there, right? Who are still probably Rangers fans, Islander, Bruins, Sabres, um, you know, those fans, Pens fans, Flyers fans, right? But the second generation out of that, you know, their kids, right? They're going to be your Hurricanes, your Lightning, your Panthers, your Preds fans. And there's a reason why those fan bases, especially in my mind, Nashville, Carolina, and Tampa Bay's, who are very raucous. And you have a ton of it. It's it's crazy because we have family friends down in Tampa, and it's absolutely crazy. The the you know they tell us about how you know these arenas have kind of popped up within the past give or take decade, and it it it's because these teams becoming good have generated the next generation of youth product that you know they're going to be coming from oddly enough Florida or North Carolina or. Tennessee, and there's a reason why Arizona State has a Division One team now. Yeah, I mean stuff like that. So, even yeah, and we won't get into the whole sales yeah. tax argument, right. um, as that's a plays a huge factor in the NHL, especially with right. with escrow and and fitting guys under the cap. Mm. But yeah, different, completely different tangent there. Okay. Anyway, back to uh, does Tampa Bay beat Toronto? Oh. I, I'd like to think. <laughs> I hope for I hope for Nate's sake that we do. Uh, if not, it's probably not going to be well. I like I said. I mean, I I <laughs> I took them stupidly in the bracket challenge to win the title again this year. We win the cup, but I mean, I know. Like I said, they they've played pretty much two straight seasons now, three with pretty much nonstop, no no true long term break that you normally get because of way the pandemic was and then obviously shortened off seasons between you know the 2020 to 21 season and then 21 to 22 i mean they're worn down you could you, there were certain points all year you could even tell like vessel Eski was just so worn down that like what we do i mean there was one time that we just i think they put him on the inactive list for a night and we had i think two goalies up from syracuse i mean just just to give guys breaks yeah. i mean it. I would love nothing more for a three-peat, but I I don't see a way, especially in today's day and age, where you don't the most you do is back to back. I mean, I I think, for example, I think what the Islanders did at the start of the '80s, I think that's long gone. Days of four peats like that are are just yeah. I mean, it's. I would agree. I I just I don't see a way. I don't see a way. What's the best sport to win a three-peat? I mean, I think winning one in any sport would be pretty pretty nuts. I, I would say the NHL is the hardest though, because I mean, oh, it's so oh, physical yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. It's just a total different game. Yeah, 
It's they don't play like that for 82 games, and then you watch a playoff game and they're running they're running into each other into the boards and bashing skulls in. So it's it's right. certainly taxing on the body in terms mm-hmm. of the NHL playoffs, and it takes it. You gotta you gotta do that for a month. You know, it's not it's not like it's one game series. It's a it's you gotta win 16 games. I'll say, I mean, potentially, truly a month and a half if right. you know series play out long anyway. You know, you gotta win 16 games. Yeah, it's all you up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like like Nate said, I think probably the toughest is the NHL and hockey. But I also think it just maybe depends. I mean, I... I would say the NBA, I mean, but the NBA, is, you got to win 16 as well. Right. So. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let's, uh, let's uh, before we get out of here, we do need to discuss uh, <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. Um, just, okay. So, Rich Strike makes, makes history. 80 to 1 long shot. Wins it, was an alternate, gets put into the race. Technically, I think it was late Friday night when uh, the 20 horse scratched. But um, just absolutely crazy. I I, um, I did not bet Rich Strike. Um, I don't know if a lot of people if, did. Here's the thing. If you bet the straight exacta, which is the first and second place horse, which were the 21 and the 3, you would have won $84,000 on, like, a dollar bet. Something, like, ridiculously, like, stupid like that. Um, that being said, this is what makes watching sports so fun. So I was at Paradise scoring the races when this happened. So we had it up on, like, the background just to kind of watch. And I don't I don't bet horse racing for, for the most part. Usually it's just a Kentucky Derby, and that's my once-a-year Fourier into it. Uh, but absolutely crazy. This is going to be, I mean, barring, say, like, the Cincinnati Reds turning it around all of a sudden and, like, just winning the World Series. One, two in a row? Exactly. Don't let the Reds get hot. <laughs> um, this, is, this, is, this is the opportunity to be the sports story of the year. Um, just, just absolutely crazy. Um, and the video, especially the aerial video, of coming out of the third and fourth turns and seeing where Rich Strike was. Absolutely crazy. The craziest thing to me is uh, Rich Strike last year, $30 million, cla- or $30 million, $30,000 claiming horse. Yeah. So he was purchased for $30,000, you know, less than a calendar year ago. And I'm just starting to think, Nick and Paul, why didn't we each put ten grand in and go for <laughs> it last year? <laughs> I, I, I don't think Fing- I don't think Finger Lakes has prized horses. That's like quite that. the foresight too to uh, right pool in that money. So it's and that's cool and that that, that is that is on the cheap for for a racing very. horse. It's it's very cheap. Yeah. We, sh- we should invest. <laughs> Nick, did you bet anybody? Uh, yeah, I went to Finger Lakes uh, Friday afternoon to bet make my bets, and there was no damn twenty one horse on the on the field when I was there, so. <laughs> I did not win, um, but, you know, it's definitely a cool story. Um, the fact that he wasn't even in it Friday morning. So, you know, I'm giving him a shot at the Triple Crown. Why not? <laughs> I, I believe, too, I would, I would have to check on this. So, well, that's an interesting thing. So I'll I did hear a that. story. Our Go photographer ahead. at the Finger Lakes Times, Spencer Toulos, who's a huge horse racing fan, did, did a little research on Rick, Rick Streis, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he says he's – only like one once, if I can remember the story. He's yeah, I mean, only it, one once. Yeah. It was on like Church Hill Down, so he was very yeah. familiar with the the track. It so was in that claiming race that he's won, he's I, I believe he's won six. Well, I believe too. This was 
Rich Strike's first run on dirt. I think they've been running him on turf, too, mostly. I could be wrong. Either way, um, I believe, I wouldn't quote me on this, I believe this is the first time an alternate's won the Derby. Gotta I could be, be wrong, though. Gotta be. Yeah. Um, longest odds ever. Yeah. But uh, I believe this also would be technically slot number 21's first win as well. Gotta be. So You don't um, usually see the 21 horse. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, they didn't say the horses. How often did they not say the horse's name until right. however many feet mm-hmm. before the finish? It's it, They're talking about epicenter most of the time. Yeah. True. Yeah, so the next race for that was scheduled for Rich Strike, obviously plans have changed for Rich Strike, was not even – I believe it wasn't even Preakness. I believe it was the Belmont, not even obviously the Belmont Stakes, but the Peter Pan, which is running the upcoming run to Belmont. Obviously, I think things have changed for for Rich Strike and his plans for running at this point. I would imagine. I haven't seen anything officially that he will be in the Preakness. I would imagine so that he would be. I mean, why not? But, um, yeah, I mean, up until – up until probably that last furlong, the next race for Rich Strike was going to be the Peter Pan at Belmont. I'd like to see what his odds are. Well, we won't know that for a while, Nick. Right. Well, at least for another week and a half. Well, no, week. Two weeks. Well, no, it'd be a week and a half at this point. Yeah, a week and a half at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the odds have come out by now, though, huh? No, they won't, rele- they won't release those for the Preakness for another, like I said, week, week and a half mm. until right before the race pretty much, so. All right. Better than American Pharaoh? <laughs> Big Brown. <laughs> R.I.P. Barbaro. <sighs> Pour one out for the homie. <laughs> All right. Uh, that takes us to the end of the show for today. Um, if you haven't already, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Um, also, most we'll are plugging this more hardcore, but you can always listen to us, by the way, on – Via Anchor, Spotify, I believe other couple other major podcasting platforms. I can't remember off the top of my head for specifically fresh takes, but also we're, we we are being more diligent. I'll call it getting the audio stuff up um, with that. So any other of the fantastic podcasts from FrankLakesOne dot com, sure you check it out that way. And you don't have to look at Paul's face. <laughs> the, uh... I do have the face for radio. Don't let Nate fool you. <laughs> But anyway, Nate, I uh, appreciate you jumping on with well, us for a little bit here. Pleasure, boys. boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, do this again here, hopefully. Uh, Nick, who are you shouting out? Uh, I went to the wrong button. Oh, I already That's left the me. building. <laughs> That's on me. I went to the wrong button. Uh, shout out my cousin, Lindsay. It was her birthday yesterday. Ah. I do not know how old, old she is. She's older than me, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> shout out, Lindsay. Lindsay's 29. Uh, I'm 27. She's 29. 29. Yeah, she's 29. <laughs> uh, yeah. I hope the family's doing well. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Some of my favorite people, the Kiefers. So, agree. Happy birthday, Wednesday. Capitals fan, Justin. Kiefer. Well, that that's on him. He's also a Ravens yeah, you, fan. Every but, time he's around, yeah. Paul is always like, yeah, I like the Capitals. Me and him. Once he leaves the room, he's he, like, No, he knows where I stand on, but me and Justin, we have a good rapport. We have a nice little banter back and forth about things, so. That, that, and I know he appreciates our lacrosse coverage that we got going on, so. Yeah. Yeah. Big lacrosse guy. Yes. So, hopefully, yeah, you're right. Hopefully, you're going to do well. All right, everybody, we'll be back more than likely next Tuesday. I can't imagine a way that we wouldn't be at this point. But like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Go watch the games this week and today. And I'll see you next week.